0: Welcome to the wide world of fanfiction, where fanfiction is treated like the high art that it really is. And after I, your lovely host, I work for my Cat27, peruse the shelves of fanfictions.net, I came across this masterpiece. It is, let's see... It is eleven. It is eleven fourteen chapters long, and it is once again another crossover. It is Master of Death and Wielder of Infinity by by Banfem B H A N F H E N. After Harry Potter defeated Voldemort and united the Deathly Hallows, he thought his work was done. But Death had other plans. Becoming the master of Death was only the first step. And now he had to gather the six Infinity Stones, for Death had showed him what would happen if he did not. And genocide on a universal scale wasn't exactly an enticing alternative. Heavily AU. And this Avengers Harry Potter crossover was published. On February 12th of this year, so a fan fiction from this century. I found one. Good job, me. You did good job with that. And since there are 14 chapters, I don't know if we can cover all of it, but we'll try to cover the best bits. And if you want to read the whole thing, it is once again called Master of Death and Wielder of Infinity by B H A N F H E N And let's jump into the story. <laughs> kill the kill the spare. Harry Potter bolted out of his bed with the elder wand in his hand and his chest heaving. His eyes darted around the room for Voldemort and found that he was entirely alone. It took a moment for that to register in his mind, and when it did, he dropped his hand to his side, the elder one snapping back into his wrist holster. The nightmare had been all too vivid for Harry's liking, and by the way, his shirt clung to his chest. He had been tossing and turning for quite some time now. Quite some time. Fourteen years since the Second Wizarding War had ended, and some days it still felt as though it had ended yesterday. Harry sighed as he rubbed what sleep he had left from his eyes. A glance at the alarm clock on his bedside table showed that it was nearly eight in the morning. So with a groan, the wizard stood from his bed and fumbled for his glasses. He stretched his body and padded his way through his dark bedroom towards the bathroom. The sounds of New York City waking up were coming from outside and rang with the familiarity that Harry had come to expect. The shower was Thrown on, and Harry quickly divested himself of his clothes. Sweat-soaked shirt was, was thrown in the hamper, and it was quickly followed by his shorts and boxers. His golden wire frame glasses were set aside. Wrist holster with the elder wand was taken off, and Harry Potter stepped into the cold water coming from the shower head. It stung his skin for a moment, and Harry gritted his teeth. "'He rubbed his face with the cold water and tried to get the memories of Cedric Diggory dying out of his mind. "'It was all in the past. There's no use in thinking about it now, over a decade after the fact, and it wasn't like he could bring them back. "'Of course, that was when Harry noticed that he was still wearing the necklace with the resurrection stone set into it, "'and as he looked down at it, he couldn't help but feel a small bit of pain.' He had the ability to commune with the dead whenever he wished, and in his weaker moments he had done just that. So it was a rather cruel twist of fate that he came to possess it. The man who had lost so much that he would have ample reason to use the damn thing. His parents, Sirius, Remus, Tonks, Fred, Dumbledore, and even Snape, all gone. And Dobby! Dobby and Hedwig are also gone. Harry also likes talking to them. Get it together potter he snapped to himself sh- shower off harry towelled himself dry and put his glasses back on and took his wrist holster and wand in hand as he made his way back to his bedroom he threw on the light and took in, and took in the place for a second his desk was crammed with the books and sheets that had been go- going that he had been going over Charts filled the walls with, with an entire map of New York City taking up one side. His closet was filled with clothes that were completely that, <clears throat> that were completely muggle and hairy liked it, like it, like it that he liked it that he that was as he pulled out on his clothes for the day. Wizarding robes were never his style in the first place. Jeans jeans and t-shirts always felt more comfortable to him. He strapped the wrist holster back on and tested it to make sure his draw was acceptable. The Elder Wand felt as familiar as his Holly Wand did after so many years with it. Harry looked at the wand in his hand and couldn't help but see the bloodied history that it had. It was powerful, to be sure, but Harry didn't understand the maddening desire for power that its wielders had. It was just a wand, in his opinion, but maybe that was why he was so well-suited for it. He decided to end on that thought. The wand returning to its holster with a flick of a wrist. It was as if he pulled on his socks and up their boots. Did he hear the sounds and smell of cooking coming from the kitchen? Harry grimaced to himself. How could he forget his ever-present companion, one that, for better or for worse, he was stuck with? No, that wasn't right. They were stuck with each other. It wasn't the situation he wanted, but it was the one he had, and Harry had to admit that they had formed an odd sense of friendship over the years. Well, it's much as any man could form a relationship with a primordial being billions of years old, but that was neither here nor there. Funny thing about being the master of death. no one ever talked about how death didn't take orders or the slightly snarky attitude. Harry walked into the kitchen of his Manhattan apartment to find death at the stove, cooking breakfast. Um. <clears throat> Okay, as a primordial being, Death was genderless, yet she preferred to take the form of a woman when in the when in the mortal plane. It had been explained to Harry by both Death herself and Hermione, yet it only made sense half of the time to Harry, so he had lo- long ago simply stopped questioning how it all worked and just went with it. The fact that she was now tied to his being because he owned the three Deathly Hollows, which is a fact of life at this point, when he learned that he no longer aged after turning twenty-five and fundamentally immortal, he chalked it up to the prim- primordial beings in magic, something that Hermione had refused to accept and was so actively looking into. But Harry had long ago resigned himself to this fate. He made sure to look on the bright side in any situation, for he had already seen too much of the darker side of life, and if he was to live for the rest of time, that he'd rather do it with a smile on his face. "'Good morning, Harry!' Death said in that ever calm tone as she scrambled to mix in a pan. I do hope the nightmare was not too haunting. No more, no more than the others, Harry replied, as he, t- as he took two glasses from the cabinets and set them on the small dinner table. Neither of them needed food to live, but old habits died hard, and Harry was not going to give up the satisfying feeling of eating a good breakfast. A beat of silence filled the kitchen between them with only the sound of eggs sizzling in a pan filling the air. Harry was about to assume that today would be another ordinary day when Death spoke again, It's going to happen today! The eggs were flipped, but Harry paid them no mind. He looked back at Death's head and said with slightly white eyes and the curtain of orange juice forgotten in hand, Please tell me you're joking. Harry so wanted it to be a joke, but he knew that his companion didn't joke about such things. "'I'm sorry, Harry, but I am not joking.' Death looked over her shoulder and eyes like pits of ash, and his own green-colored ones. "'She turned to face him fully and adjusted the plain black silk she always wore. "'If things had turned out differently, Harry would have seen her as beautiful, "'but they hadn't, and the relationship was ambiguous enough for his liking. "'I thought we had more time.' "'He poured the orange juice into the glasses and then set the carton aside. "'Teddy hasn't even finished his fourth year yet.' Three stones will converge on this city on this day, Harry James Potter. It is not an opportunity we can ignore, Death said firmly as she plated the eggs. Harry noted he had missed the sausages and hash browns she had also been cooking. They smelled delicious. Space, mind, time. There won't be a better time to retrieve them. Harry frowned as his thoughts went towards the Infinity Stones, six rocks that held the power of creation or destruction over the universe. Six pieces that, if combined, could cause catastrophic and irreparable damage. Death had made it absolutely clear that he had to gather them. When he pressed as to why she had simply told him if he didn't, then then everything he knew would go up in flames, that countless lives would be lost. As much as Harry knew that she was holding something back, he also knew that death did not lie, so he took her words to heart. Still, he thought he had more time, at least until after his godson, Teddy, had graduated from Elvermorely. evil morning but it seemed that the fates were not kind to him on this day and are you able to tell me that would that i should be i should be expecting harry asked as he dug into his breakfast the sausages were juicy and the eggs were runny the hash browns were just right and the orange juice washed it all down if this was the worst if the worst was to come he'd rather do it on a full stomach Death looked thoughtful for a moment, and she joined him at the dining table. Her skin was pale, and her facial features were soft and smooth. There was a distinct lack of color to her face that clashed with the dark pits that were her eyes. Harry had no one to think of it at first. She had looked both beautiful and different. Her clothing was plain yet regal. The only piece of jewelry she wore was a ring on her middle finger, the symbol of the Deathly hollows engraved within the gold, a taunting sigil, sigil that glinted in the morning sunlight. Something unlike anything you have ever faced before, Teth answered, and Harry didn't know what to think of it. Something unlike anything he had faced before. That was a rather vague answer that didn't really answer anything at all. He had faced a lot in his 31 years of life, far too much if he really thought about it and he, could really Im- he couldn't really imagine what could be worse than everything he had gone through in the Second Wizarding War. "'As long as it isn't genocidal aliens, then I think we'll be fine,' Harry said and expected a confirmation from Death. When he didn't get one, he looked up at her and he was met with a level look that made him hang his head and curse himself for opening his big mouth. "'It is genocidal aliens, isn't it?' Death didn't answer. She simply placed a hand on his arm in a comforting manner and Harry took his glasses off to rub the bridge of his nose. It seemed that he could never truly catch a break.' All six of his years at Hogwarts were were rife with some manner of near-death experiences. The Second Wizarding War had come and gone with Voldemort finally dying to his hand. Even his decision to move to the United States hadn't given him the reprieve he wanted. Being Great Britain's most famous or infamous wizard, the rest of the wizarding world knew about him in some form. As a result, he had gotten very good at the glamour charm in the years following the war. Going outside as Harry Potter, the, the defeater of Voldemort, meant that the press would be on him in an instance and hound him about everything from politics back home to how Puddlemere United was doing in the League. Even with the deal he had struck with the President of the Magical Congress of the United States of America hadn't been enough. And the American aurors could only do so much, and they had actual jobs to carry on with instead of acting as bodyguards for one British wizard. The only good thing about the entire situation was that mu- the Muggle world didn't know anything about him. Genocidal aliens are hardly the worst thing you have faced, Harry. Dave gave his death gave not Dave death gave his arm a squeeze. Your years of hiding are are coming to an end this day. It was all it was always inevitable in the end. Still, doesn't mean I like I, I like it. But when do I ever get what I really want? Harry sighed as he pushed his plate away. What was left of his breakfast was now discarded to the side, for his appetite had left him. He expected death to say something in return, whether they be words of wisdom or of comfort, as he didn't know. But when he looked over to her, he found her eerily still for a moment, a blank look in her eyes. She only ever got that look when fate came around to turn his day upside down. Harry th- thought not, had thought that nothing else could surprise him, not after all he had been through during his Hogwarts years in the war itself. But when, s- but when sky but when sky over Manhattan was suddenly filled with what could only be described as a beam of energy, s- certainly did surprise him. In an instant, he was at the window of his apartment, and his green eyes watched as the, as the beam of blue-white energy raced towards the head, the heavens from the top of the Stark Tower before it shifted, expanding in a way that, the for- that formed a crudely drawn circle or a rather unstable portal. His mind flashed back to the Department of Mysteries on the veil in the, death- in the Death Chamber for a moment. This wasn't the same, but it certainly felt damn similar, and Harry cursed himself as he flipped the Elder Wand into his hand. "'That's the Space Stone,' Death said with a hint." A ball in her voice as she peered out the window. Harry paid little mind to her as he rushed around the apartment to gather everything. He needed it for battle. He needed to get his dragon hide armor and and his moleskin pouch of potions and supplies ready. Truly magnificent. Tell me I'm not doing this alone. Harry said as he changed into clothes suited for combat. While wizarding fashion was rather aged, it did suit combat surprisingly well. And Harry strapped on the armor after his robes were already in place. What was that muggle group that that was in the latest DMLE report, The Avengers. Death continued to watch the portal in the sky as Harry belted and strapped on the last of his height armor, Earth's so-called mightiest heroes. Harry didn't know about that fact for certain. Whoever had assembled similar list of muggles must not have known about the wizarding world for as much as he hated to toot his own horn. Harry was the man who conquered and the savior of magical Britain. Many people had and still, ha- still did ail- hail him as a hero. Hell, he had even heard some of the some whisper about how he was the next coming of Merlin, though he didn't always act like a golden hero the world saw him as, nor did he deserve the titles after leaving it all behind, but a part of his pride smarted nevertheless. When he came out of his bedroom and glanced out of his window, he could see a battle commencing in the distance. There was already smoke rising in the air from fires, and aliens of all things were flying through the air and causing destruction wherever they went. Harry couldn't make out much from the distance, but he did notice that one of the things flying in the air was blasting of the other fliers. There wasn't only one of them, so they must be one of the so-called Avengers, though Harry expected more help than that. The space stone is most likely powering the portal, death said as Harry grabbed the cloak of invisibility from the coat rack by the front door, putting it on felt like a second nature. the cloak completing the, the triumvirate that was the deathly hollows with the elder wand in his hand, the resurrection stone around his neck and the cloak of invisibility around his shoulders. We must get to it before too many lives are lost. Harry didn't need any, Harry didn't need any more words of encouragement. He had everything he needed in a moments he evaporated out of this, his apartment onto the roof of the building. Death became incorporeal and followed along, her present resting in a corner of his mind, and always there and never far, unless she allowed them to, no one else but he could see her, and being the primordial being that she was, there wasn't a thing that couldn't hurt her. That could hurt her. It felt nice to know that she would always be at his back no matter what came at him. Harry watched the battle in the sky take place over the Stark Tower for a moment before springing into action once more. He retrieved his his Vanderbilt Excelsior 4000 from the warded trunk he had hidden on the roof, but it was the best that the Americans had in terms of brooms. Lightning-fast, maneuverable, nigh, nigh on indestructible, and made for a seeker, he liked to think that it was a happy coincidence that all of the broom's qualities mirrored his own with the familiarity of the Gryffindor's best seeker in a century. Harry Potter mounted his broom, and then he was in the air. He pulled the cloak's hood up and disillusioned the broom itself so that no one would see him him coming. The wind slammed into him as he raced through the air towards the battle itself. Only years of practice allowed for him to negate the feeling of 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 uneasy, he felt. He was once again heading into a war zone, and people were bound to die. Then he came for the realization and hastily cast a Patronus charm. The, the silvery translucent stag that was prongs bounded through the air alongside him. The antlered beast was magnificent and looked at Harry as he waited for his message. Smith! Harry shouted the name of the head of the American Department of Magical Law Enforcement as he sped through the air. The city is under attack. You need to get the Arrores out in full force. I'm heading in right now and try to... Try to close the portable before too many get through. With that said, Harry motioned for Pong to head off, and he watched as his Patronus bounded off towards the city as well. Hopefully the American Auroras would be able to contain the damage to a manageable level. He already knew that the Obliviators would have their work cut out for them in the coming hours. There was no way that Harry would be able to conceal his magic from from the Muggles without hindering his combat effectiveness. He also didn't see the point. There were bleeping aliens flying around Manhattan. What was a bit of magic in the mix? I can see the mind and heimstones are near are near as well, Death said, her voice sounding no different as if she were actually corporeal. They are a priority above all else. If they fall into the wrong hands, it only destruction will follow. Yeah, I know. You've only been going off about that for the last decade, Terry snapped as he served with, it, ser- served with his broom. Through the buildings of New York City. The destruction was all the more gruesome the closer he got, and whenever one of those flying aliens got too close to him, he blasted them out of the sky. You were the one who did not take the initiative, Death returned. Very un-Gryffindor of you. Oh, don't start with me, Harry muttered as he jerked his broom into a hard climb. You know, the unique groups of heroes that were the Avengers, as they thought, one man was in a flying suit of metal that sported Gryffindor coloring. Another was just like an American flag. There was a green creature of some sort, a woman, a man dressed in black leather armed with muggle. What was that? A bow and arrow? Weapons. He also spotted a blonde man with a hammer produ- produced lightning and watched as he swung it up and then shot through the air past him. Harry watched as the man flew toward the same tower that he was heading to with speeds that were shocking to even to a man who was flying on a broom. Whatever that hammer was made of, it had to have magical properties to it, for there was no way a muggle invention could do things like that. Harry lived amongst muggles, and the latest thing that was the craze was definitely not flying hammers. He had had to blast several of those flying alien vehicles out of the air as he reached the Stark Tower. New York City's tallest building seemed to be the center of the action he had to serve... To serve out of the way as the last two letters of Stark's name were blasted off the side of the building. Metal and concrete rained down towards the streets below, but Harry paid them no mind. He had to get those damn stones, and the sooner he did, the sooner he could put all, all of this all to rest. It was as he reached the top of the tower, did he see that he, what had caused the explosion. Two men were fighting. One dressed in green and black armor with a with a golden horned helmet, and one with silver and navy blue armor with a red cape flowing from his shoulders. The fight had developed to fist as the blond man landed punch after punch. Harry landed onto the tower and stepped off of his broom. With quick and practiced motions, he shrunk the broom and and stuffed it into his moleskin pouch. The Elder one was in his hand, and his eyes were on the two combatants. And it was there that he paused. Harry didn't actually know who he should help. Both of them were men. Both of the men were strangers to him, and he didn't exactly know which one was the Avenger. He truly regretted not reading the report from the American DMLE in more detail. Death, you have any idea who who these two are? Harry asked as the long man landed another punch in the face of the black-haired man. It matters not who they are, Death said, and became corporeal beside him. By the by, the non-reaction from the two fighters it seemed that she chose to remain hidden from everyone else but Harry. "'What matters is the scepter. I can sense the minestone within the core.' "'Harry turned to where death was looking, and his eyes landed on a rather gaudy-looking scepter. "'It was wrought in gold and made to look like a crab's claw, "'but what really caught his eye was the glowing blue rock in the middle of the scepter. "'It made the gold that s- the scepter was made of look like cheap bronze in comparison, "'and as Harry took steps towards the scepter, he felt something poke at his oculum and shield him, "'and it made him pause in his step.' It is the stone itself, Death supplied. The the mind stone has has a form of sentience that holds a supreme command over the mind. And there are five other stones like this one, Harry muttered to himself. as He picked up up the scepter. A wave of power washed over him and may suddenly have a desire to use it, an incessant nagging on his mind to do so. Death was a decided instant and her presence calmed him down to a dull tone, barely noticeable but still present. A roar came from his side, and Harry turned to see the blind man slam his opponent into the ground. It didn't seem to hurt the other man that much, and when he looked back up, his eyes went to Harry's for a moment. Or rather, the scepter, which was not hidden from within the confines of the cloak of invisibility. Oops! Stupefy! A bolt of red light flew from the tip of the elder wand and impacted the chest of the black-haired man. Harry watched the look of shock flash across cross him before he was pushed off the edge of the tower. Remove the other and continue on, Death said, but Harry ignored her. You! Harry sold as he pulled back his foot and then pointed to the elder one, the blonde man. Tell me you're the avenger and I didn't just send the good guy plummeting to his death. I I know your face, the blonde man said, his stance immediately, tensing slightly. And Harry grimaced at that. Of course, the smuggler going know his face. Damn Potter luck. You have made a loss then, Harry dusted with the scepter. A name to put with your face would be good. Right, the man seemed to get over the shock of who Harry was. I am Thor or- <clears throat> Thor Odinson, crown prince of Asgard. I am an adventurer. Very well, Thor Odinson. I am the master of death, Thor said with a hint of reverence, something that Harry disliked immediately. For when anyone spoke to him with reverence, it was soon followed by responsibilities on his own. Your tales have impressed many on Asgard. Harry didn't know what to say for a moment. How did this man know he was the master of death? How did he know about what he did during the Second Wizarding War? He didn't even look like a wizard, and what was all that about Asgard? Harry was pretty sure that wasn't a, there wasn't a country on Earth going by that name. Okay. Harry lowered the Elder Wand, but kept it in hand just in case. Well, it was nice meeting you, but I have things to do and portals to close. I gestured to the top of the tower where the Pillar of Energy was still shooting up towards up uh, towards the sky from. The Both of them looked up at the portal, they continued to send aliens through a giant armor flying worm coming with even more little fly- fires accompanying it, and both of them grim as at the sight. The battle was still being waged throughout the city, and Harry could see the smoke and flames rising from blocks away. He turned away from Thor and returned to the elder one to uh, to his wrist holster. We will speak, Master of death, for the kit- for the Chitari will not stop. Thor said and held out his hand. Harry thought that the man wanted a handshake, but then he caught a glimpse of the hammer flying through the air. came to a stop in the man's palm like it weighed nothing, and Harry watched as the man gave him a nod and suddenly took off again. Asgardians can be very Gryffindorish at times, commented as she walked over to Harry. She looked unperturbed by the battle that was going on around them. Now, destroy this excuse of a container and retrieve the stone. Wait, that isn't the stone? Harry looked at the scepter in his hand and the blue light, blue blue stone in the center of the head. It looked very much like stone, and it radiated power that you could feel with magic. No, it was a mere container, one which you will destroy for the contents within. That seems like a rather delicate process, Harry said as he looked at the scepter. I can very well just smash the container without causing a volatile reaction. That looked at him for a moment with a blank expression. For all that she acted as an all knowing being, there were still things she could. there were still some things that could trip her up. And this seemed to be one of them. Harry knew very little about the Infinity Stones, and and seeing as he had one in the palm of his hand, and he didn't think it would be a good idea to break it, there had to be a reason for it to be in the scepter in the first place. It might have something to do with channeling the energy, like a wand and, and for a wizard's magic. He could see no other reason for what was essentially a very intricately designed, albeit ridiculous looking, staff. The Mind Zone is within the gym housing, Death said as she tapped a finger against the scepter's blue core. There was, a, there was a reverberation of magic in the air when she did so, which Harry found curious. You, as a master of death, do not need such a trivial conductor as this scepter. Well, let's hold off on raking this, this thing until uh, this all is over. Harry said and at the city around him. The Avengers were off in the distance fighting. He could also spot some of the American Auroras moving about to try and contain the worst of the damage, whilst also keeping within the statute of secrecy. I also think that we need some place safe to store the damn thing. What better place to keep it safe than the Master of Death himself? Death asked, and Harry could already tell where she was going. with I could think of several... Yet you know they are all inadequate compared to yourself, Harry Potter. The Infinity Stones are too important to just leave in some cave. That is just asking for someone to come along and retrieve it. Harry wanted to deny that statement. There were plenty of places he could hide the Infinity Stones so that no one would ever find them, places that no one else knew of. But he could hear the merits of her words, and Harry already had the Deathly Hollows. What were, what was six more stones on top of that? Even the Mind Stone prodded his mind again. There seemed to be a feeling of acceptance radiating from it, almost as if he wanted Harry to keep possession of it. That'd be absurd, though, right? Harry didn't want this new responsibility on his shoulders. He already had enough of that during his teenage years of the prophecy, and now this? Yet, when he thought about it again, the Mind Stone pushed against his oculum and sea shields again, and there was very little doubt of what it wanted. This better not be a trick. Harry I looked at death, if she was hurt by his accusation, she didn't show it. Her visage merely retaining the beautiful serenity that it always had that you would think so low of me. Death lamented and placed his hand to a hand to her chest. I am hurt. Our years together have meant nothing to you. Merlin. never talk, talk like that again. It's downright odd. Harry muttered as he turned his attention to the sceptre. It was lighter than he had first anticipated. So with that, said do let us move on. Death gestured towards the still beam of energy that was shooting out from the tower and towards the portal. Harry reached into his moleskin pouch and took out his broom, untricking it with a flick of the wrist. He mounted up and pushed off into the air. Death turned incorporeal as he flew through the as he flew through the air. He debated pulling his hood back on before deciding not to. He had already been seen by Thor Odinson, and Harry was pretty certain that the other man wasn't fully muggled as he had first thought. Not many people walked around with the names of Norse gods, after all. If anything, the American alleviators would be able to wipe any and all memories of magic from their minds, so Harry was unconcerned. He did have more important things to focus on the moment, like stopping the army of genocidal aliens from coming in and closing the damn portal. When he crested the top of Stark Tower, the sight he came upon was quite different. Harry was no stranger to muggle technology, but what he saw was looking at, boggled his mind, for it looked far more advanced than anything he had seen before. The portal was being generated by a machine of some complexity that Harry struggled to wrap his mind around. Parts of the machine were moving, and there were wires going every which way, with a certain force of magic coming off of it as well. It clashed with what Harry knew about magic and and its compatibility with muggle technology. Something with this amount of magic radiating from it should have been, yeah, should have combusted enough... Into nothing long ago, yet here he stood, and it was producing something that should be impossible to do. The scepter, a muggle that Harry had noticed, was po- was propped up on the ground with blood coming from a head wound. It can, it might, it might be able to close the por- portal, the tesseract. It ca- it can't defend itself against that kind of energy. Harry lowered his broom so that he was right next to the to the man and dismounted in one motion. The muggle looked a little beat up, but nothing life-threatening to his eyes. His words, however, seemed hopeful. The man didn't sound entirely convinced that the scepter would be able to close the portal. Harry looked up and watched as more and more aliens streamed through and decided that there had never been a better time to test the theory than right now. Let's hope you're right, Harry said, and he walked over towards the generator with the scepter in hand. Death became corporeal again by his side and had a determined look on her face. It was once that Harry was familiar with... It was one, was one that Harry was familiar with. Where are we at? 32? We're only doing one chapter of this. For she wore it whenever there was a spike in deaths. And there was a certain, There were certainly many deaths occurring all around them. Strike hard and true, Depth advised as Harry approached the generator. There was a field of energy surrounding the cube center, and it felt similar to a shield charm. Though less stable in structure, and when he pressed his hand to it, the energy is apt and warbled every which way, the Tetari are mindless beasts that know no other way. they will turn this planet to ash if so ordered, but well, we can't let that happen. Harry adjusted his grip on the scepter and pointed the tip of the cube. The muckleman had gotten to his feet at that point and was doing something with the laptop that was connected to the generator. His fingers were flying over the keys, and his eyes were narrowed to the screen. Right at the crown, the man pointed at the metal housing that was holding the glowing bluish cube. Are you sure there's no other way, Death? Harry asked under his breath. Am I truly fated for this? You were never meant for an ordinary life, Harry Potter, Death said. And And the shield around the generator sparking as Harry pierced it with the scepter's edge. The Infinity Stones have already begun to resurface. It's only a matter of time before they are united. I would rather have you be the one to unite them for the alternative is a horrifying reality none of us want to see. We're going to have a long talk about all of this after today, Harry said as he pushed his scepter further and further into the shield. The mind stone was, was thrumming its intent into Harry and all he couldn't nearly hear were the feelings coming off of it. His ears were ringing with closer, closer, closer. Energy levels are spiking, the muggle yelled and as the shields sparked and hissed at them. The distortion was breaking the shield up and Harry felt the energy of the Tesseract lash out against his armored forearms. Just a little more, Harry grunted as he gave up one final shove of the scepter on the base of the Tesseract housing. Energy was roaring through the air and he barely noticed Seth's hand on his shoulder as the scepter made contact with the Tesseract and the world exploded around them. Everything went white for a moment and Harry closed his eyes as he fell to a knee. Magic was flaring in the air and bathing them all in cascading waves that ended as soon as it began-as it begun. The muggle man had fallen clean off his feet, and while Harry drilled the scepter bottom first into the ground for support, he faintly noticed that his broom had gone flying over the edge and was probably plummeting down towards the street. Death, however, she stood tall in her plain black silk, with her eyes wide, and she looked towards the sun, the portal closing even as more of the Centauri streamed through. Harry grunted as he stepped to his feet. The air around him felt different as it had just moments ago. No longer was there a constant thrum of magic in the air. The alien invaders that were ravaging the city were now cut off and directionless. Harry watched as they were defeated with growing efficiency by the Avengers from the top of Stark Tower. He also saw several arrows in the mix as well. I knew that he had to make a report to the American DMLE after this. There was no way they could just let him off the hook for this. Retrieve the stone, Harry, death motioned for the rebel, but was once again the generator. It was a pile of scattered metal and wire with with a clear glowing gem in the center. A fine layer of dust surrounded the infinity stone, and Harry, as Harry walked over to it, he felt the Stone pulse its desire to hide to him from within the scepter. Take, take, take. He almost used a bit of wandless magic to simply summon the stone to his hand when common sense caught up to him. This was supposedly one of the most powerful and dangerous things in the universe. There had to be a reason it was trapped within the glowing cube that had been the Tesseract, like how the Mind Stone was with the housing attached to the scepter. You are the master of death, death said in step closer to him. The weird old man gives him the one who walked willingly into my embrace. The moment you and I became one, you ceased to be mortal, So such trivial matters are no longer a concern. So I wouldn't spontaneously combust if I touch it? Harry asked. He noticed the way the lens in his glasses had cracked, but if he, but he'd take care of that later with a simpler repairing drum. No, you will not. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Harry picked up the glowing blue stone, and that was one of the Infinity Stones. The moment his fingers touched the rock, he felt a surge of magic flow through his fingers into his palm, and then the rest of his body through his arm. It saturated every, every, ever single part of his body, and to the point that it were not for Death's vice grip and his elbow would have fallen over. Harry felt as if there were flames running through his veins, and he couldn't help but but let the shout leave his throat. "Do not let go," Death ordered as Harry's. Sw- Still wanted to just drop the damn thing. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let. Slender. Don't let go. The very air around him was shaking. Magic was soaring, roaring from him in a way that he hadn't known it could. A kaleidoscope of colors, colour shooting from the stone in his hand, and snaps of lightning were ringing from the heavens. Death's vice grip remained on him, but Harry had never both been more thankful and cursed someone so much as he did to her right then. It was like he had an insurmountable weight and the palm in his hand, and he had never concentrated so hard on not dropping something. He didn't even notice something else, anything else around him. His entire rose rang down until it was focused solely on the bend He in the palm of his hand. Hold, hold, F-word. A wave of blue energy burst from the stone, and Harry pushed back into death's chest. The rubble that made up the generator was thrown away from him, and the muggle man was again knocked off his feet. Harry's glasses flew from his, face the, from his face, and the cloak of invisibility slapped against death as it was sandwiched between the two of them. Only when the wave of energy subsided, Harry noticed that the way the roof they were still standing on had been nearly flattened. Well done, Harry, Death said, and Harry had to be held up lest he fell. You have survived the space dome, just like I know knew you would. Bloody hell, Harry managed to get he breath into his lungs. <sighs> Here is a demonstration of that. <sighs> okay. We are not doing that again. The Mind Stone can very well wait. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. Your body needs time to adjust. This is true, but this is for the great- Don't you dare say that phrase, Harry snapped. Please don't say it. Even after so many years, that damn phrase still haunted him. The scars he bore from it would always remain. It was part of the reason he left Great Britain in the first place. It was just too much. He would already given everything, all because of that damn phrase. He didn't know how long he was held up by death. Soon his legs came back to him, and his heart didn't feel like it wanted to break through his ribcage. The blood in his veins no longer felt as though they were on fire. His magic calmed down to the level of control he had mastered over the years since the war. His vision was blurred, and he remembered that his glasses were most likely a pile of crushed glass at this point so he reached into his moleskin pouch on his belt and retrieved his spare glasses. Not as pretty, but they do. There are four more to retrieve, Death said, and Harry so wanted to just leave off what they had just done, but that can be a focus for another day. You're damn right it's it's just for, for another day, Harry said and stood under his own power. Death didn't look at all ruffled by what had just happened. Everything about her was simply as normal as it always was. Now, I do believe the last of the... Tutari are being handled and dealt with, so your work here is done. But I only have two stones? Harry held up the Space Stone and the Scepter containing the Mind Stone. You are in no state to take on the full power of the Mind Stone at this time. The Time Stone is within safe hands for the moment. Oh, thank Merlin for that, Harry sighed as he looked down at the two infinity stones he had. The Scepter was decidedly longer than the Space Stone, and he didn't really feel like going through that process again so soon. He wondered what would happen if he stuck the space stone in his moleskin pouch for a moment. He decided to lean into his Gryffindor tendencies and just slipped the damn thing into it, and when it got no reaction, he heaved another sigh. He, le- he looked over towards the muggle man who was unconscious and made his way over to him. A quick flick of the wrist and the Elder Wand was in his hand. It was simple to point at, point at the man and revive him. His eyes flew open with a gasp from that soon developed into a hacking cough. Another flick up the wrist and the elder wand was back in his holster, leaving Harry with the scepter and an injured muggle man. You okay, sir? Harry asked the man. Never been better. The man groaned in response. He struggled into a sitting position and then looked at Harry for a moment. It must have been a rather jarring sight to see a wizard in full dragonhide armor and holding a gaudy scepter in his hand. Fill up for a drink? Harry asked more to himself than to the muggle. He could have sworn death had rolled her eyes at that, but he wasn't completely sure. I could really use a drink right about now, or maybe several of them. I, the muggle said, and then he rubbed his muddied head. I can't say no to that. Drink, drinking. Harry had the distinct feeling that, was go, that, was he, that the was going to regret keeping the mind stone with him as he pulled the muggle to his feet. Death w- Death went incorporeal again and left the two of them to find the nearest source of alcohol by themselves. A little inconsiderate, but Harry wasn't going to argue with a primordial being. He had some self-preservation skills, after all. Now all the way, and all they had to do was find a way off the roof. That was chapter one of Master of Death and Wielder of Infinity. It was at the several thousand. No. It was several thousand words, and there's you can read the other thirteen yourself. That was pretty good. Not many spelling mistakes. You know, good characterization. Iron Man is an alcoholic, of course. And yeah, it was, uh, four, five out of f- four point five out of five for that. Because my voice is tired, you get a 0. .5 star for that. What am I doing, dude? I just read an entire. Anyway, that was actually some good fan fiction. <laughs> like Harry Potter and, and or the Avengers, you probably would be into that. And honestly, good. Yay! And that. Uh, and if you. If you like this, keep listening and you know, listen and support the show. That'd be great. Also, me have other podcasts, but me, me voice tired. No more words. Thank you for listening. Have good day. <sighs>